service. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Jake Brennan, and I want to tell you about Disgraceland, the award-winning music and true crime podcast that I host. Disgraceland tells the stories of musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly. Fleetwood Mac, Nipsey Hussle, Cardi B, Ozzy Osbourne, Taylor Swift, Tupac, The Beatles, Amy Winehouse, Jay-Z, The Grateful Dead, and so many more. This is not the music history you've heard before. This is an uncensored, immersive look at the lives of musical icons as seen through the crimes they've committed or that have been perpetrated against them. Did Jerry Lee Lewis murder his fifth wife? What really happened to Sam Cooke in that seedy motel at 3 a.m.? And how did the Rolling Stones wind up sleeping with the First Lady? Wait, what? New episodes of Disgraceland drop every Tuesday with bonus episodes released on Mondays and Thursdays. So get in, buckle up, and join me in Disgraceland. Available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. rock and Hey guys, uh, stoked to be talking to you all about this uh, in this bonus episode here, this Badlands bonus episode, about all the new episode subjects we have coming up in Badlands Season 9. Also very excited because in this episode, we're starting to talk about Halloween horror, and that makes me very happy. I just want to hit you up and let you know that over in the Disgraceland feed this week, we are steadily heading toward the end of our Wu-Tang Clan series with an episode on You God, and in the After Party bonus episode over there in that feed, we dive into some other Halloween content, Halloween music content. Can you tell I'm into Halloween? Uh, Not the dressing up part, but the content part. All right, after we wrap this rap party, be sure to check out everything we got going on in the Disgraceland feed. Follow wherever you get your podcasts. Now, it's time to introduce the rap party. Badlands listeners, are you here? Are you with me? Are you too tired to go to bed? Too riled up to stay home? I know I am. This is another podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the rap party.
Welcome to the Badlands bonus episode, another thing we like to call the rap party. And just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show, a voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other, the back lot breakdown of sorts. And on this bonus episode, we are talking about the season nine Badlands trailer, your horror movie recommendations and uh, you know, mob movies that were accidental horror movies for brief periods of time anyway, plus my recommendations and your movie focused voicemails, texts, DMs, and more. Badlands listeners, let's get into it. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the rap party. Let's dive right into the trailer for season nine. Season nine, hot damn, we launched Badlands back in May of 2021, and here we are, just about uh, two and a half years later, and about to get into season nine Hollywoodland, a nine-episode season. It's going to take us straight through the end of the year. Uh, who do we got this time around? Well, check it out. We're opening with an episode on David Lynch, specifically on the murder of a girl named Hazel Drew in upstate New York, a murder that for about 100 years went unsolved, a murder that served as the primary inspiration for David Lynch's groundbreaking TV show in the 1990s, Twin Peaks. Then we move on to Alex Rocco, a guy you might recognize from a little movie called the Godfather. Uh, Alex Rocco was a one-time member of the infamous Winter Hill Gang in Boston. He was a bookie, a guy who may or may not have set off a huge gang war in the greater Boston area. And like I said, later ended up in Hollywood making movies. We follow that with episodes on the legendary director John Huston, the so-called cursed production of his movie The Misfits, a 1961 film that featured none other than our beloved Marilyn Monroe. We've got an episode on Phil Hartman. SNL fame, you know Phil Hartman, got some surprising connections to both the worlds of rock and roll and true crime in the Phil Hartman episode, an episode on Thelma Todd, great comedic actress from the 1920s and 30s who died suspiciously, another episode on the beauty Dorothy Stratton, playmate turned actress who was brutally murdered just as her career was taken off. You may remember famous director Peter Bogdanovich being caught up in this whole mess as well. Also have an episode on Benedict Cumberbatch. Current Hollywood star, once kidnapped on the side of the road in South Africa, thrown into the trunk of a car. You're not going to want to miss that one, okay? And we finally, we wrap it all up with Robert Blake Beretta himself, charged with the murder of his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, back in 2001. And that's not all, folks, all right? As we ready this new season for release, this new season of Badlands, season nine of Badlands, our team is already working on season 10, which got me thinking, who do you think we should be covering in our Hollywood seasons of Badlands that we have coming up? Okay. Who haven't we covered yet that you want to hear episodes on? Remember, the true crime crossover is key. Okay, we can get creative like we did uh, with the David Lynch episode. David Lynch wasn't involved in any crimes directly, but the mystery of this murder of a girl in upstate New York gave us a lens which we could look through to tell this David Lynch story or this Twin Peaks story, however you want to look at it. Uh, maybe you've got a similar idea. Maybe it's a huge story. Maybe it needs to unfold over more than one episode. Whatever, man, let's get creative. 617-906-6638. Who should we be covering in Badlands, Hollywoodland, whatever? Let me know. What are some of the names, some of the crimes that we're forgetting? 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail. Uh, send me a text. Uh, let's get into this voicemail here from the 603. Hi, Jake. I think I am going to answer three of your questions with one film. Um, favorite Coen Brothers film, most frightening character of all time in a film, and psychological thriller, favorite 
psychological thriller. Um, for me, all three hit No Country for Old Men. Javier Bardem scared the daylights out of me. It's a great film, and I think it's psychological. I, I think. I don't know, but I thought it would be fun to wrap all three questions into one film. Also, just wanted to throw out there, because I didn't hear anybody talk about the Derns. There's Laura and Bruce. And just, I love the quote. I just wanted to say thank you. And uh, it was um, really touching and profound. So um, thank you for all you do. Bye. All right. On the Javier Bardem character, you're absolutely right. Pure fucking menace, okay? I distinctly remember some of the music we created for the early episodes of Disgraceland. I was picturing Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men as the sound I wanted to recreate and make. <laughs> That's how fucking mean and evil this guy was. This character was, I should say. So great suggestion. Definitely an influence. Uh, the Coen brothers are, you know, they're an influence on me in so many different ways without even realizing it. These movies are ingrained, um, ingrained into my psyche. To that point, let's check out this voicemail from Mark in the 617. Jake, this is Mark from the 617. Favorite Coen brothers movie, without a doubt, is Raising Arizona. And some interesting parallels between that movie and No Country for Old Men. And I'll just leave it at that. But fantastic, fantastic movie. Yo, Mark, it's hard to argue with Raising Arizona, but my question to you, my man, is is Raising Arizona maybe your favorite Coen Brothers film, but is it your favorite Nick Cage role? Definitely mine for sure. Nothing even comes in a close second. Uh, call back and let me know. Also call back and let me know the parallels you're talking about with Raising Arizona and No Country for Old Men. Interested in hearing what you're talking about. All right? All right, the 714. Let's hear what the 714 has to say. Hey, Jake, 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 my man, I'm going to try and make this as quick as I possibly can. As far as iconic villains, we're going to go, Little Pig, Little Pig, let me in. Negan from The Walking Dead, all too believable, no superpowers, very foreseeable how in a dystopian future, post-zombie apocalypse or otherwise, group folks would follow this destructive mofo and who ended up being very, actually, uh, complex. Uh, also, uh, Kennedy Morgan uh, played... Uh, the comedian in the film version of The Watchmen. Go ahead and give that a shot if you have not. Um, iconic Westerns, I still haven't heard it shouted out, but Hell on Wheels, starring Common, Anson Mount, Cole Meany, a great cast, great series, epic. Actors and actresses that played other actresses, we got to give a shout-out to Anna de Armas, playing Marilyn Monroe. And then we've got kids that are playing uh, roles from their parents who are also actors. We've got uh, Wyatt Russell, who played U.S. agent on the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then we've also got uh, Jack Quaid, uh, Randy Quaid, or uh, not Randy Quaid, <laughs> Randy Quaid's brother, uh, son who plays the character um, in The Boys on Amazon Prime. Uh, that is all I've got for you. And take it easy, man. Peace out. Okay, I'm going to admit this in public. I have never watched... The Walking Dead. I've watched some episodes, but I've never strung it all together. Uh, now I kind of want to. Uh, Hell on Wheels, I haven't seen that either. Okay. Thank you for recommending that and bringing it to my attention. Uh, nor have I seen the new Marilyn movie, which came out, I believe, last year uh, or the year before, I think. Uh, I need to see that. And I believe you're talking about Dennis Quaid. I haven't seen The Boys either. 
But uh, yeah, see, this is why we talk. You guys expand my horizon. You just hit me with like four different things that I have not seen, and now I have a reason to. So I appreciate it, 714. All right, let's check out Annie from the 314, and uh, she wants to chime in here on the best villain. Good morning, Jake. This is Annie P. from the 314. Um, And as to the question you posed about the most deviant, evil, evil character in the movies, I always have to go with Drexel. Drexel from True Romance. Man, one time I was working out at a gym, I won't say the name, and it was late. It was one of those 24-hour things, and there was a guy that could have been his doppelganger. And I was looking at him, and he was looking at me, looking at him, and I was just like, good Lord, texting my daughter if they find my car in the parking lot. Drexel nagged me. Um, yeah, so that's it. Drexel, true romance. Woo! Annie, I'm happy to hear that you're still alive and that Drexel's doppelganger didn't get a hold of you in the gym. Yes, the Drexel character, mean as fuck. Uh, we received multiple voicemails and texts with the same suggestion, Annie, so you are on to something. Side note slash how good was true romance? Let me know, Annie. 314, is it your favorite Tarantino-related film? I know it's he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Um, 617-906-6638. That's how you can get in touch with me, all right? Call in with your voicemails. Send me your texts. Let me know who you want to hear covered in the upcoming seasons of Badlands slash Hollywoodland. And I'm going to have some more questions for you coming up in this episode. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back to answer some texts in just a moment. Alrighty, this is the place where we typically talk about the music connection for this week's episode, but uh, where this week's episode is actually the trailer for season nine, we're going to do something slightly different. I want to talk about the music used in movie trailers. Specifically, I want to talk about the phenomenon uh, of the quote-unquote trailerization, which is a fairly recent term that basically refers to older songs being reimagined and in many cases slowed down and mixed into new context and made to sound super dramatic by the composers from major studio films. Basically, old songs made sad or sadder. I'm talking about the trailerization of songs like Aerosmith's Dream On for the trailer to the creator or Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Space Hogs in the Meantime for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Journey Separate Ways for Season 4 of Stranger Things. You know what I'm talking about. These are classic songs remixed to match the vibe of a trailer that spell out the stakes of the movie that we've yet to see, underscoring the key themes of the film, tugging at our heartstrings, our emotions. What do you think of this trend? Is it just too fucking dramatic? Is it too melodramatic? Do you dig it at all? Uh, or do you like it? Are you like, oh shit, I never thought of that Radiohead song in that way before? Did you think the trailer for House of Gucci is stronger with Blondie's Heart of Glass? Reimagine the way that it is. Uh, let me know. An even broader question, what's the best use of a song in a movie trailer? Now, this is a good one I can sink my teeth into. Is it Nirvana's Something in the Way for the Batman? Is it Radiohead's Creep for the social network? Is it Johnny Cash's Hurt for Logan? I'm sensing a theme here. It's all sad bastard music that's coming in hot. So let me know. 617-906-6638 on the voicemail or text. The best use of a song in a movie trailer or slash 
do you like or dislike the trailerization of classic songs uh, made into sad bastard music for movie trailers these days? Let me know. 617-906-6638. All right. At Disgraceland Pod on the socials. Speaking of which, let's do some texts right now. These are from you guys coming in. 617-906-6638. We've recently released an episode on Jane Fonda, so the 915 texts in, Yo, Jake, this is Jim from the 915. You forgot a comedy western that Jane Fonda and Lee Marvin did together in 1965 called Cat Baloo. Lee Marvin played a double role as twin brothers, both of them gunslingers, one on the good side, one on the bad, and one bit the nose off the other. <laughs> well, thanks for the spoiler, man. Appreciate that. I love Lee Marvin. Uh, so I'm going to check that out. I don't know enough about Lee Marvin's life, and that's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix in the future. Justin from the 540 writes in, Blazing Saddles should have won an Academy Award and an Oscar. Well, isn't that the same thing? In 1974. Changed my mind. (laughs) I'm not going to change your mind, but uh, you know what? Write back to me, 540, and give me the nominees for Best Film in 1974 and the winner, and then we'll continue to talk about it. Or better yet, call me, 617-906-6638. Leave a voicemail. The 402 writes in, you mentioned Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson, but you missed Oliver Hudson and Wyatt Russell. How about Wyatt Russell? You mean you mean Kurt Russell. That's an autocorrect. Did I mention them? I think I did. I should have mentioned Oliver Hudson. He's funny as hell on Instagram. Not sure if you follow him or not, but uh, he was uh, shooting hoops the other day, uh, just pantsless and got away with it on Instagram, which was hysterical. So give Oliver Hudson a follow on the gram. I think it's what we're saying here. That's the point of that text. Uh, let's go to the 312 here. Sarah from the 312, I got to say, my favorite Coen Brothers movie has got to be Raising Arizona. Got to watch it recently on Hulu. Still laughed and love it, though Fargo is a close second. Anyway, I love all you do, rock a roller. All right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You can only pick five. Five Coen Brothers movies. Raising Arizona, Fargo, Miller's Crossing, those three, Blood Simple, four, What's five? A lot of you are going to say No Country for Old Men. But I think I put Burn After Reading ahead of No Country for Old I'm sorry, not No Country for Old Men. Fuck. Forgot about No Country for Old Men. I meant to say a lot of you are going to say, Oh, brother, where art thou? Damn, that's hard. I can get six. Uh, yeah, Raising Arizona, though, definitely the best. Guys, try to top five your Coen Brothers movies. Try to get it down to just five. It's fucking impossible. 617-906-6638. Let me know what you think. Hey, Jake, it's Anthony listening to the Jane Fonda episode, and it's wild because my grandfather was in the military, and I always remember him saying he would never watch anything with Jane Fonda at any time. Anytime a story came up, he'd have a negative comment. I always knew it had to do with Vietnam, but it's something I always think of when I see Jane Fonda and what I thought of in your episode. Also, I just wanted to put a little funny story about your box office comment in reference to signs. I once went out for my birthday with some friends to see Baby Driver, which I think is absolutely fantastic and doesn't need a sequel. And my ex, hearing my friend and I gush over it, said, well, it's not as good as the Fast and the Furious movies because they make a lot of money and have sequels, to which we said, if we're going by money, I guess that makes Transformer films one of the best pieces of media. And my friend said that the Friday the 13th films, ah, he goes on and on and on. All right, 724. 
also goes on to talk about the Lebowski. So I fucking forgot to put the Lebowski in my top five as well. I can't, I can't get it down to five. 724 goes on to say, keep on keeping on in later days. I agree with you on everything you're saying here. Yeah, it's nice to hear some sort of familial context of the Jane Fonda thing as well. I know it's a complicated issue. I'm sure your grandfather has a strong point of view on it. So I appreciate that text. Thank you. The 518 writes in again on the Coen Brothers. Uh, in Raising Arizona, without a doubt, not only my favorite, but the best Coen Brothers movie. Of course, that's just like my opinion, man. And I could be wrong. I think you're right. I think Lebowski is too. That's where I'm going. That's how I'm doing it. I'm going Raising Arizona, Big Lebowski 2, Fargo 3. Fuck, Fargo might be 2. I can't do this. It's too hard. No Country for Old Men 4. Oh, boy. 617-906-6638. Get at me. All right? All right? 302 sends in a great little meme here of Brandon Lee. Says it can't rain all the time. And that's in reference to our recent Brandon Lee episode. You guys know how to get in touch. Hit me up. Voicemail, text. I'm going to take a quick break. Be back with some recommendations just after this. All right, we are back, and this is the other recommendations part, the part of the other show where we recommend the movies and television content, the recommendations part, the part where we discuss the movies and television that we're recommending. This is the recommendations part here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. All right, it's October, it's Halloween season, and I want to talk about horror movies, God damn it, I'm not a horror guy, and it's not my go-to, and my wife is not into it at all, even remotely scary shit freaks her out, she doesn't want to watch it, which... To paraphrase Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction, that pretty much means that I don't watch horror movies either. But during October, I tend to be a little more demonstrative when we're choosing content. And I can push the issue a little bit more. Got her to watch uh, Halloween last year. Uh, she was basically riddled with, with fear for the next five days. <laughs> Didn't go so well afterward. Great movie, though, obviously. But I want some help from you guys. I want to know what your favorite horror movies are, okay? I've talked about in the past my love of the film. Or I shouldn't say my love, but just how scary I think the movie The Strangers is. That's my lane, just so you know. Aside from the classics, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, all right? I want to know some modern horror movies, not the gore stuff. I'm not interested in Saw or any of that stuff, even though my buddy Dave Foy is in that movie. Love you, Dave, but not my bag. Um, just to give you a little further context on my horror taste, and this is going to get real basic bitch, all right? I'm warning you, okay? I've got some pretty basic horror movie tastes. The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, The Strangers, An American Werewolf in London, The Shining, okay? When I think of my favorite horror movies, those are the movies I think about. I need to update this list. I need some recommendations from you guys on what you're watching that's modern in the horror world, okay? I liked The Conjuring, okay? And actually, I loved the Conjuring. It scared the shit out of me. So that's a good one. But is the whole Conjuring universe worth getting into? Are the sequels actually as good as that one? Uh, another question I have for you guys. Who's seen the Ethan Hawke movie Sinister? Is it good? I'm interested. Hit me up. Let's get into the horror of it all, shall we? All right. Horror got me thinking, okay? Top three moments from film history when mob movies accidentally turned into horror movies. Number three, 
That time that the guys in Al Pacino's crew and Donnie Brasco chop up the bodies of the rival gang that they just killed definitely could be from a horror movie scene. Number two, that time Joe Pesci put that Irish dude's head in a vice in Casino and then popped his eyeball out of his head, that also could have been in a horror movie. And number one, and this is probably too tame compared to the last two, but there is something about the casual nature of this scene that scared the shit out of me when I saw it, caused me to go see this movie three times on the same weekend that it was released at the Somerville Theater in Davis Square, Massachusetts. This is Jack Nicholson's Frank Costello in The Departed. He's meeting with Leonardo DiCaprio's character in The Departed, and Jack is just like casually playing with a severed hand at the breakfast table. I still don't know what the fuck that scene was about. It still gives me chills thinking about it. 617-906-6638. Voicemail, text me, leave me your favorite top horror movies uh, and any mob movies that have accidentally uh, been caught turning into a horror movie. All right, hit me up. Let me know. I'm going to take a quick break. Back after this to recap. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, the obvious, the trailer of season nine of Badlands is available in your feed right now. Go check that out. Number two, next week in Badlands, a brand new episode on David Lynch. And number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we've got a new episode on You God that's out uh, as part of our ongoing serialized season on Wu-Tang Clan that is fast coming to a climax. Number four, call me. 617-906-6638. Let's keep this Badlands movie conversation going. Let's get into the horror of it all. Number five, I got to split. I got other podcasts to record and I got to return some videotapes. So right now, a second dose of bliss for yours truly in honor of this week's Badlands episode, or should say Badlands trailer, me reading narration excerpts from movie trailers that include the line, you know the line, the line is this, in a world where or in a world with basically any line from a movie trailer that uses the rote phrase, in a world. Here we go. In a world with gas, this is a land that prays for a hero. That's from The Road Warrior in 1981. In a world that's powered by violence, on the streets where the violent have power, a new generation carries on an old tradition. That's from Goodfellas, 1990. In a world where the sun burns cold and the wind blows colder, a visitor has come, but not by herself, from Alien 3 in 1992. And then there's this one. In a world of wealth and privilege, he was an outsider, a man with a love of nature and passion for beauty who thought he was marrying a woman of his dreams. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!